special day here at the house. I can't tell you how excited I am. I can't put it into words today. Just to uh, honor to stand here today before you for the latter part of this service. We're going to be having an ordination service for four of our young men and women that have gone through a two and a half year uh, intensive uh, Bible training. And they're being ordained today here at House of Restoration. Amen. Give them a big hand clap. Amen. Wow. I am just beyond excited. If I jump off this stage and jump back up, you'll know I'm really, really tuned in. Amen. Praise God. So, what a glorious day. That's how we're going to start this sermon. There it is. What a glorious, glorious day it is. Man, I had the privilege last week of standing in my home church, Ardmore, Oklahoma, with some 50 or more other young, uh, well, most of them were younger than me, but not all. But anyway, 50 other people that have gone out from that church and just a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There, We were there four hours. Did y'all bring a lunch today? <laughs> and then another hour and a half dinner afterwards, but it didn't even seem like it. Isn't that, don't you know that's the presence of God when it doesn't even seem like it? Or it, maybe it's just the, how many of you know it starts right here? starts right here. I can be bored in five minutes, or I can really listen. You know, I, think, I think if someone just stood up here and read the Bible, we ought to get excited. Amen? We think, oh, with all the flashy presentations and all the skinny jeans and fog machines and all the stuff, we got to have it just a certain way, don't we? But it's not so. I mean, he's had the presence of God come around you just by yourself. Amen? And just sometimes, you know, Elijah found it was in that little still small voice sometimes that, that the Holy Spirit does the greatest work within us. So again, just a powerful time down there, and uh, I'm just so excited about these young men and women and all the many, many lives. They're all over this way today, uh, so I'm looking more this way. All the many, many lives that are going to be impacted by them as they journey off into ministry. I am beyond excited. You know, ministry is not for the faint of heart, is it, students? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Because I don't want them to quit. I want them to know what they're getting into. There's going to be some times when you just, man, you, you know, I've resigned this church probably 50 times to, to myself, okay? All right. Thank God I didn't go ahead and follow through and call up the, the, the team and say, I'm out of here. But, you know, it, you, how many of you know what, if you've been in ministry, you understand what I'm talking about, Right? It's, there's some tough times, and uh, praise God, the Holy Spirit, you know, always was there to nurture me and to comfort me and give me strength, strength to fight one more round. I want to read to you what a, what a perfect pastor is. How many would like to know? Yeah, what a perfect pastor. Some of these may be going into pastoral ministry. If I, you know, I'm still uh, old school, but maybe we can get this iPhone to work with us here. There we go. The perfect pastor preaches exactly 20 minutes, then sits down. He condemns sin, but never hurts anyone's feelings. He works from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. in every type of work, from preaching to custodial service. He makes $60 a week, wears good clothes, buys good books regularly, has a nice family, drives a good car, and gives $30 a week back to the church. He also stands ready to contribute to every good work that comes along. He is 
26 years old and has been preaching for 30 years. He is tall and short, thin and heavy set, handsome. He has one brown eye and one blue eye. Hair parted in the middle, left side and right side. Dark and straight, but blonde and wavy. <laughs> he has a burning desire to work with teenagers and spends all his time also working with older folks. He spends all his time with a straight face because, he, because his sense of humor keeps him seriously dedicated to his work. He makes 15 visits a day on church members, spends all his time evangelizing the unchurched, and can always still be found at the office. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, is that what some people's expectations are, just about? I mean, you know, if you're in ministry, you live in a glass house, don't you? There's a lot of people that can see this and see that and think, oh, if we'd just do this, we'd do that. But how many of you know a minister of the gospel is responsible, amen, to God, amen, for what he preaches, for what he uh, nourishes the saints of God with? So we're going to look today. Paul uh, gave Timothy some great advice. I'm not going to preach long because we've got several testimonies from all of these that are being credentialed, but I do want to share this. Paul gave some great advice on ministry here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. And this is in the message version. I really like it. I can't impress this on you too strongly. God is looking over your shoulder. Christ himself is the judge. With the final say, wow, is that the right scripture? That's in the message? Uh-oh. Hmm. Okay, keep, we'll keep going here. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe it's in the next verse. Okay. He is the final say on everyone, living and dead. He is about to break into the open with his rule. So, here we go. All right. I was... I didn't, I didn't read on that first verse as much as I did the last four, okay? I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. So, here we go. Everybody so proclaim. How many know what proclaim means? That's the Greek word for preach. Preach the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, and urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food. Catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase, whatever that last word was there, chase mirages. There we go. All right. But you, everybody say you. <laughs> Point at your neighbor, all right? You, okay? Keep your eyes on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servants. And that's it. Right? Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Again, sometimes when I read, the, I've read this so many times in the King James, when I read it in the message, it's kind of like, uh-oh, are we through or, or what's here? But number one today, hurrying. Preach the message with intensity. I mean, you know, the gospel is really what everyone is searching for. They just don't know it. They're trying everything else in the world to drown their problems, to satisfy their quench for 
fleshly appetites. They're doing everything in the world to try to uh, fill that void that's within them. If they would just bow before Jesus Christ and surrender their heart and their life to him, their lives can change too. Amen? So we have a message to preach, don't we, ministers? Amen. I'm going to expect a lot of amens from this section today. Hallelujah. We have an opportunity every Sunday when we stand here to share Jesus with the world now due to the World Wide Web. Not just with you gathered here, but with the World Wide Web. And we still can do it one-on-one, though, too, right? How many of you had some great... Uh, this past week, I'm thinking of a person that I had a chance to minister to one-on-one. That's important, too. Amen. We as ministers, it's... You know, this, if you really look at this, we're up here 30, 40, maybe an hour on a, on a long day uh, before you all. But all week long, our lives should be proclaiming and preaching Jesus. Amen. Sometimes it's just with our actions and sometimes it's with our words. Amen. But it's very important. He said with intensity. Praise God. Martin Luther said it this way. And I, I wrote this in every one of their Bibles that we're going to be presenting to them today. I preach as though Christ was crucified yesterday. He rose from the dead today and is coming back tomorrow. Ooh, that's intensity, isn't it? That's how I preach. Sometimes we can forget about, we, we preach on the cross and the resurrection. We preach as though it was something that happened 2,000 years ago. We need to get intense in these end times. Amen? should be fresh into our spirit, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's an important message, amen, that the world needs to hear. We can't let it just lay uh, on the shelf somewhere, amen? It's important. I believe that every day we are proclaiming the name of Jesus with excitement. Amen? Is this the best thing this side of heaven? Amen. Some people, I understand why they don't want your Jesus. Man, you look like you look like you took a bath in pickle juice, right? <laughs> Good night. Come on, church. Amen. Are we shining every day? Hallelujah. We should be shining and being salt of the earth every day with excitement and expectation. Hallelujah prepped up and prayed up and ready to to share the good news of, uh, was it Peter that said, be ready, be instant in season, amen. If you look at this scripture in the original King James, it actually says that, Paul says it to Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. That means all the time, right? Some people can be ready if it's in season, but sometimes things slip up on you in ministry, right? So you've got to be ready to go at the drop of a hat, the midnight hour, one o'clock in the morning. I've had some of those runs myself. Keep reading, keep meditating, keep learning, studying. Be ready, be prayed up, ready at all times with intensity. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. I like this word. It's time for us, I believe, in these end times to get bold. That's what the Holy Spirit keeps speaking into my heart. Get bolder, get bolder. You know, it, it's, it's time. And this scripture here says, Pray also for me that freedom of utterance may be given me, that I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel. Last week, as I mentioned, I was privileged to be there in Ardmore, and the main speaker was Coy Barker. Anybody ever heard of Coy Barker here today? All right, a few. 
All right, praise God. I used to pastor Faith Assembly here by I-40 and 44 and grew it to the largest church that it's ever been in its history. He was then called to Montgomery, Alabama. Well, his mother and my mother were prayer partners many, many years ago in the little town of Hollis, Oklahoma. They met, I can remember it. I was four, five, six years old, but I can remember their praying. Man, they were shaking the gates of hell. Her, his mother had a loud voice, and man, they would be in that living room praying, and man, I'm telling you, it was powerful. Anyway, I told him last week, I said, man, they're the ones that prayed us into this mess. I mean ministry. Uh, <laughs> he laughed and said, yes, I can remember that too. Several years older than me, but God blessed Coy's ministry. He would spend, when he was there, he was called there at Ardmore as a young man. He was a butcher, and he would have to be to work at 8 o'clock. He would go by the church and lock himself in the church for three hours, just pray. And he said, I drove by there yesterday, David, in the car, and just looked at the window, looked in the window there where I, that's where God called me. That's where he done a glorious work in my life. And God began to use him as an evangelist, and he began to, pastor churches, eventually moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and pioneered a work there, and God used him greatly, just a, a mighty outpouring of the Spirit, had the privilege of Johnny Cash's mother coming to his church, got to go and meet Johnny Cash and pray with him. Eventually, God began to move on him, and he began fasting there even more. He said, there's one Monday, God just told me to fast, and I said, how long? And he said, till I tell you to quit. So Monday he fasts all day, and God didn't tell him to quit. Tuesday he fasts all day. Wednesday he fasts all day. And late that night, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to call Governor George Wallace and tell him you're going to hell and you hate black people. Pretty good assignment, right? He said, I literally shook thinking about what that involved. And he, and God, but God kept reiterating that into his spirit. He said, I want you to call him and tell him, you're going to hell and you hate black people. So the next day, he gets up. He calls. And, of course, you have to go through 10 or 12 different prompts. He finally gets to Governor Wallace's secretary. And he says, she says, hello. And he, she said, what can I do to help you? He said, I have a message for... Uh, Governor George Wallace and she said well uh, what is that sir and he said tell him he's going to hell and he hates black people long pause <laughs> on the other end of the line and all of a sudden he heard sobbing she said I came to this job three days ago the Holy Spirit led me here I was praying about it and the Lord told me that he was going to use me to win Governor Wallace to the Lord you are the answer. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. You are the man that God's going to use. So she said, just a minute. Several minutes passed, and finally, Governor George Wallace gets on the phone. He said, how can I help you? Coy Barker told him, he said, you're going to hell, and you hate black people. Long sobs. On the other end of the phone, he said, can I talk with you? Go explain to him that he's a minister of the gospel. He said, I want to see you tomorrow. So Coy gets there. He said, I can be there. I can be there. And the next morning he gets there. 
the next morning and walks into that governor's George C. Wallace on the door outside. They said, you got five minutes. He walks in and the man says again, George Wallace says, what can I do to help you? He said, you're going to hell and you hate black people. He began to sob, he laid his head down on his desk, began to sob and weep. Coy's standing there just kind of praying under his breath. One minute goes by, two, three, four. He's like, finally at four minutes, I said, uh, I have only got one more minute here. I'd like to lead you in the sinner's prayer. He said, you forget about time. Did you see that name outside on the door there? What did it say? It said, Governor George C. Wallace. He said, you can stay as long as you want to. And Coy Barker had the privilege of leading him to the Lord Jesus Christ right there in his office. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. He not only led him to the Lord, but he said, I want to come to your church. Coy had a television ministry. He said, I want to come to your church and I want to apologize to all the black people for the way I have treated them these last many, many years. Revival broke out in that church and in that community. Amen. Give the Lord another big hand to clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Is it time to get bold? Is it time to get bold? Praise God. I believe so. Number two, preach the gospel. Number one, with intensity. Number two, keep on your watch. Everybody say your. How many of you know I can't do what you can do? You're you, and you need to be you. And be the best you that you can be. Amen? Praise God. So many times we as ministers, we see someone else, we like their style, we like their this, we like that. And I went through that as a young man. Jimmy Swaggart, man, I was like, I'm going to learn to play the piano like Jimmy Swaggart. And I'm going to do this and do that. And about three, three, three or four years into evangelizing and stuff, the Lord said, why don't you quit that? <laughs> why don't you just be you and do what I've called you to do and let Jimmy do what I've called him to do. Is that good advice? Keep on your watch. God has a specific purpose and plan designed just for you. Hallelujah. Whether it's an evangelist, pastor, youth pastor, music, worship leader, outreach, whatever he calls you to, we just have to learn to trust him with our calling, don't we? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, probably everyone here today can quote it if you've memorized any scripture at all in your life. Trust in the Lord. Let's say it together. Trust in your Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Praise God. Is it important just to put our trust in the Lord? Watch him work instead of us trying to work. We make a mess Every time we try, or I do, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're like me, but I, when I try to get my hands on it and reason with it and fiddle with it and mess with it, I have to go around the mountain again and get back to the point where I was and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm really going to try this time. I promise to trust you, to trust you and allow you to do it, and I'll just follow right along behind you. Amen? He will lead you, and he will guide you. So keep on your watch. Number three, I'm hurrying. Challenge, warn, and urge people. In the King James, it says correct, rebuke, and encourage. That rebuke's pretty strong. So we're going to look at challenging, warning, and urging people. Do we need a challenge? Yes. 
Good job, Patrick. Amen. We need to be challenged, don't we? We were talking, I was talking about with someone, I think yesterday or maybe this morning before church. Man, we can get into just the whole hum, drum drum of, of life. We need a challenge, praise God. You know, we're, we're down to life and death times now. Amen? We are down to that. Uh, this, this, this wokeism that we're going through where people are afraid to say anything is a trick of the devil to try to stop and cancel. Sometimes people need to be confronted. Amen? They need to be warned. When we've talked about it before, if I see one of y'all heading for a cliff, the road's out, what am I going to do? I'm going to grab you and say, don't go down that road, please. You're going to die. And yet we passively watch people we love and care about. We pray for them, which is good. Amen? But sometimes they need a, a little rap, Right? Not like the boom, 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 boom. No, they need a little rap on the head and say, come on. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Hallelujah. My mom didn't care what people thought of her. She did not care one bit. I've seen her. The relatives, when they come, my mom's house was here. Grandma's house was two blocks away. And there'd be a bunch of relatives come in for Easter or something. They wouldn't stay at mom's house because they knew they were going to get Jesus 24-7 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus I can't tell you though how many people that little lady, a little widow lady won to the Lord Jesus Christ just through her powers uh, her power of prayer and boldness to talk to people do we need boldness? do we need to challenge and warn and urge people, hallelujah I don't know how many today, many, many of her nieces and nephews and cousins, and I can't go on, or in her Sunday school, Coy Barker, she was his Sunday school teacher. He was, the shy, he was a shy little boy just like me, now preaching next weekend to 700 bishops in Charlottesville. Praise God. She was bold in her faith. Are you hearing me today? I pray you grab a hold of this. It's time. It's time. Hallelujah. Number four. I'm hurrying. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. It's amazing what you do if you just swing the hammer just one more time. Just one more time. Breakthrough. Amen? Just one more time. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. We're going to read it in a minute. But if God has really called you and you've responded, guess what? That calling is irrevocable. I said that calling is irrevocable. It's on your life forever. Let's read this here in Romans eleven, twenty-nine. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. God's never going to change his mind about you. Amen? That calling was put there for a reason. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. Can you say amen today? Hallelujah. There will be some tough days when you want to give up, but you keep on. Do not quit. Amen. Are you all hearing this today? Do not quit. Hallelujah. Amen. Do not quit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes you, you know, David in the Bible. Sometimes encouragers are few and far between. 
Sometimes you just got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Anybody ever got the t-shirt on that? Amen. There was everybody else was saying, that's not going to work. This ain't going to happen. You're blah, 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 da, da, da. But you get alone with God and see what he has to say about it. If he's called you, he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Praise God. Don't ever quit. Praise God. And lastly today, I told you all I was going to be brief, didn't I? You didn't believe me. <laughs> Number five, keep it simple. Jesus did, didn't he? Even so a child could understand. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He kept the message simple, the cross, the resurrection, and the rapture. Hallelujah. Paul said it well in 1 Corinthians 1. Verse 17, this is in the message. God didn't send me out to collect a following for myself, but to preach the message of what he has done, collecting a following for him. And he didn't send me to do it with a lot of fancy rhetoric of my own, lest the powerful action at the center, Christ on the cross, be trivialized into mere words. Do we have a message to preach? Ministers, Amen. There's more ministers than just these that are being ordained today, here today. And I'm thankful for every one of them. God seems to have attracted a lot of uh, men, uh, men and women in ministry to this church. And we're going to equip them. That's been my heart for many, many years. We started this church in 2005. And I want to reach people. I want to reach this city. But I also want to leave a mark on young men and women that are hungry for God. I can't tell you what it does to me. To watch them as they grow and learn and we send them out to Arkansas we send them out to West Virginia we send them out to Kansas and different places amen it's just a, a beams of light going out from this place and I thank God and I give him the glory because they they have heard here the message of the cross believe me amen and they know what needs to be preached I want to ask you to stand with me today and we're fixing to move on in to this service. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for Paul. He mentored Timothy and helped him in so many ways, encouraging him, exhorting him, and warning him. Lord, I thank you for this word today, this message that we shared. Lord, I thank you for every minister of the gospel here today. Oh, what a, a great plan you have for their life. Lord, as we have shared today, they will preach the gospel. They will walk in your ways, God. There will be much fruit brought to you, Lord, through their outreach and through their ministry. I speak it over them. And as we go into this service today, I thank you for every one of them, Lord. Hallelujah. Your head's still bowed just for a moment here before we go into this. Maybe you're here today and you're lost and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you, you would like to... I, I, I would be a traitor to the gospel if I didn't give you a chance today. You would like to give your life to Jesus Christ. There's no fanfare. There's no music. There's nothing. It's just you and God standing there today. If that's you, would you simply slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. God may be calling you even into ministry. He may have spoken it into your heart several years ago that he had a plan for your life. Uh, let's go into that phase of the altar call. Maybe you're here today and you know that God has called you into ministry, but you've been wrestling with it and you're ready to submit to his plan if that's you would you please hold your hand up i want to pray for you today anyone here 
while we wait just a moment. Anyway, yes, yes, praise God, call of God. Anyone else? I'm looking over to my right. Yes, and here in the center, yes, two, praise God. Anyone else? While we wait just a moment, Holy Spirit, you are welcome, welcome here today. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, thank you, Holy Spirit. You are so powerful today. You are moving in this place today. If I could ask the two of you that, if you feel comfortable doing this, would you just walk down here just for a moment? I just want to pray over you. I want to thank you for responding to the call, the altar call today. I just want to ask some of the ministers together around you, if you're comfortable, the other one, if you would like to come. Amen. Hallelujah. There he is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Terry, some of you other. Golda, Jeremy.
God. I'm going to ask Jeremy and Golda to come on up here. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a big hand clap for two people. Amen. Praise God. Responding to the call of God. God bless you, man. Isn't it good to have him back here? So we're going to move on into our ordination service, and I've asked each one of these to share some today. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Pastor's in the way again. <laughs> We love you guys. We love every one of you guys. We uh, miss you guys. Um, we kind of want to do something. Um, we, uh, we have Nick and Jacob. You guys come on up here real quick. We, we asked them to kind of share their testimony about uh, the Father's house and about what's going on in their lives. Um, we, uh, we drew straws i guess nick's gonna go first real quick he's gonna he's gonna say his quick testimony real quick and then jacob um but guys this is a product of this place these guys here and us so uh, you just you guys gotta understand um i don't i don't know how to say it in words but um It's, it's kind of like a branch and a tree. You know, this, this is places like a tree and we're the branches. So, guys, this is a product of you guys. And, the, and you guys, and we appreciate the nurture and the prayer that we get and, and uh, people that just love us. And so I uh, kind of want to show you some of the fruit that, that uh, has comes forth from you guys' prayer and stuff. So um, Nick has uh, is, uh, went through the Father's House program and, I'll let him tell you all his wonderful stuff, but we're proud of him, and uh, we're really, really proud of him. So, there you go. All right, well, um, it's good to be back here. It's been a while. <clears throat> it's good to see some new faces in here. I missed you guys. I love you guys. Love you, Pastor Barry. Um, <clears throat> I had... It may not look like it, but growing up and coming up from where I came from, I, I lived a, um, a very crime-filled, drug-filled life. And how I ended up not getting prison and all the things that I felt like I deserved was beyond me. I, I don't know. Um, but in spite of that, I was given the opportunity to go to the Father's house at some point. And um, I'm telling you, that place... It really changed my life. I was able to um, I was able to find Jesus there, and once I got Him in my heart, it, my, my life has never been the same. It, it never will be. It's changed my thoughts. It's changed. He's already been putting stuff in my heart, you know. And it's like I, I've got plans for the future now. I've got hope. I've never had hope, you know. <clears throat> and I'm I'm just excited for for what is coming up because hope is is never something I've had. You know, I've lived um, day by day, and I'm, I'm still trying to make sense of everything. I mean, the, the chain of events that had to take place for me to be standing here having this conversation right now is, it's insane. It's, it blows my mind, you know, because if it wasn't for you guys and Sean Strong and you, I, would, I probably wouldn't be here. I mean, I survived three overdoses, and 
a lot of a lot of just very bad things and I'm just so grateful to be here I'm grateful to be a part of the father's house I'm grateful to be able to see the guys come through there and their lives change like with uh, with Swayze graduating on Friday I mean I love that guy you know <laughs> and, and he was a very violent person when he got there and now he's, he's totally different and it, it, I'm just so grateful to be a part of that and to be able to just be hopeful for the future Uh, you guys, I, I, you guys can see his heart, right? Um, when Nick came there, um, we we just it was right at about the time when we was started coming there. It's just you got I don't know if you guys can if you knew him before if you know him now, but the total change of his heart is is just it's amazing. Um, it's a, exactly what the Lord will do to anybody, right? He'll change your heart, he'll change your life, he'll change your life, he'll, your your path. Um, Nick's into write music. Um, he's got a few songs that God's laid on his heart, and, and they're really good, really good songs. And uh, so we're really, really proud of Nick, and we're really proud of what the Lord's done in Nick's life. Uh, it's, you, I can't tell you how nice, sometimes I, I get the privilege uh, to drive the vans to church, and it's about a 45-minute an hour drive, depending on who's driving. But <laughs> so <laughs> we don't ask Golda to drive. That's a 30-minute drive. But, uh, but it's a privilege to be able to ride in there and talk with the guys. And, and um, what really was really cool is you could see the, 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 the light switch kick on sometimes in people's lives and how they change. But Nick uh, and I, and we hadn't got to talk much when he was there. And he was kind of shying away. And it was just like a light switch kicked on. And the Lord started using him and started using his words and and he's kind of being shy about it today, but Nick's got a powerful life. Uh, the Lord's called him. Uh, he's going to be a minister of the gospel. Um, he's, he's, uh, God's called him into a pastoral ship. He's excited. Um, he's actually in internship right now. And he's interning, getting ready to be a staff member, which that's what Jacob is, and I'll let you let him tell that in a minute. But uh, and then he's also in line for the next uh, pastoral pro- program ship. So we're excited. So give Nick a hand, guys, if you would. All right. Well, I, uh, when I got into the Father's house, you know, I, Sean Strong was the main one who got me in. And uh, I didn't think when I got there, I thought, you know, I'm going to be the only one who's had a good life, had good parents. I grew up in church my whole life. And I'm going to be the only one that grew up in church, and I'm going to be the only one that's done something wrong and living throughout, living through church. And when I got there, I realized that I wasn't the only one. I've seen a lot of pastors that used to be youth pastors, and they just, it's, it's hard for them. They've lived a, a bad life. And, uh, but I, uh, I'm, I'm nervous, so, <laughs> uh, uh, I ran a long, a long time. Ever since I was a kid, I knew that I was, <laughs> I knew I was called into ministry. And I always made the excuse that I'm too young. 
and I ran. I, we moved so many times, and being picked on in school, I thought, I have to fit in. So I fit in with the crowd. I fit in with the kid, the cool kids that I thought were my friends. And when I got caught so many times, I didn't realize that they were actually pushing away from me. They weren't my friends like they said they were. And um, <laughs> it's crazy how even even in the program there for a while, I still was like, I'm not. I'm not called. What, what, what is this? I don't understand. And it's crazy how the Lord, even though I ran, he still gave me the opportunity to be work on being a minister. And I finally, I remember the date and the time when I finally said, all right, I'll give it to you. We went to a revival at Josh Harper's church. And I was debating on quitting. I was debating on just throwing in the towel and leaving and he told me that even though I've done the bad things I've done God has forgiven me even though I may not see it that my time will come and I finally just was like okay well maybe I need to talk to the pastor so I talked to the pastor about staying and we didn't know for a fact and I ended up staying as a staff member and then Two months later down the road, I'm now my on this upcoming Wednesday is my second uh, week in ministry class. And so I'm kind of excited. It's it's great. So but, <laughs> Oh man, let me tell you how much our lives have changed. Today is we're in July and it just seems like the last year and a half of my life. It's just seemed like forever and ever. In the last 18 months of our life, we've experienced loss. We've experienced heartbreak. But let me tell you, there is a hope. I, I loved what Nick said. There's hope in Jesus. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. That's what his word tells us. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And as I was sitting here, it's crazy because... Jeremy's like, what are you going to talk about this morning? And I was like, I came in this morning, and I was like, Lord, I have nothing. And he's like, that's right, because I'm going to give you what you need to give them. And I was sitting over there in service, and we were singing the name of Jesus. No other name. A beautiful name is Jesus. And I, the Lord began to speak to me about seasons and the seasons in our lives. You always have a season in your spiritual walk. Sometimes those seasons are full of life, and they're exciting, and they're joyful. And then there's seasons where it's dry. And let me tell you, the Lord reminded me about a season in January 2019 when I sat over there and I watched that lady chase me every Sunday morning. I would get out of the service as fast as I could, and she'd meet me out in the parking lot, and she would love on me. She showed me the love of Jesus in one of the darkest places of my life. And because I said yes, I fell in love with one of the most beautiful churches I've ever been to. This church is truly a house of restoration. You restore hope. 
You restore love. You restore those things that the enemy has taken out of lives and people. And I was thinking about this scripture, and it was kind of funny because Pastor had preached what he preached, and I'm going to repeat what he said in 2 Timothy 4, 5. But you shall keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carrying out the ministry God has given you. That's not just for pastors. It is important for pastors to have that, but it is for the disciples. And then the Lord reminded me of the scripture in Matthew 7, 21, 23. And he says, not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, we... We prophesied in your name, and we cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. That's the New Living Translation. That's the translation I've been reading, and it's the most powerful for me because it speaks right at me. And as I was thinking about that, you know, we're in Arkansas. A lot of people, you know, there's... There was a lot of transition that started for us in November for Jeremy and I. We went on the road. We were doing hot shots. And we really feel like that's what God called us to do. But what God, what we found was God was separating us for the next season in our life. And Pastor Gary Jennings, one of the very first times I ever heard him preach, and he kind of tells his personal testimony, and he talks about how God delivered him out of drugs and alcohol and out of the bars and he used to play in the bars and used to play for big bands, you know, country music, singing bands. He has a beautiful voice. He can play just about any instrument. And he said he realized that he took his family down the road of hell. And next thing he knows, his, his son was in the middle of a court case with a guy who had been cut in half. And they found one half of his body in one county and the other half in the other county. And they were coming after his son. His, his son was on death row as far as the, the mafia, the mob that had come after him. And God delivered him out of that situation. And that's where Pastor Gary Jennings began to sow and create the program. It took years before the father's house was ever created, but he started with his son, and the one thing that you'll ever hear ever see Pastor Gary Jennings say is the Lord, he, said, he told him, he's like, Lord, what am I doing out in the middle of this logging area? What am, I, what am I doing? And he says, I've called you to be a father to those who don't have a father and to pull them out of the depths of hell. So if you want to know what it is that's my calling, what I feel like God's called me to do, I'm just a mother. But I feel like the same. God did so much for us and our family. That while we're in Arkansas, I'm reaching into the pits of hell to pull women who don't know what a mother is, who don't know what a father is, and pulling them up out of the depths of hell. And in my time of ministry, I've been asked to do prison ministry. I've been doing prison ministry since June. I go into Garland County Detention Center before they ever get into the prisons with an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to broken women who have no hope who don't even see like they have a future, to give them a hope and a future. And in January, while we were on the road, we had went to visit our friend. He was in, he was in Coffeyville, Kansas, ministering. 
And we were in a place of, we didn't know what we were supposed to do. Things were tough with the business. We didn't know what we were supposed to do. And I felt like I was on the backside of a desert somewhere and didn't know what it is I was supposed to do. And at the end of service, Brother Bob Newton, he came up to me and he said, I want you to know, he says, we're making plans. I'll get you more details, but we're going to Africa in October this year, and I'd really like for you to go. So October 7th through the 17th, I will be in Nairobi, Kenya, ministering underneath a tent, excited about what God is doing in the ministry. So please pray for us. Uh, I know you already do, but continue to pray for us because as we reach down into the depths of hell and one by one pull these women and these men out of the darkness that they're in, the enemy is on target and is not happy. But we serve a greater God. Amen. Golda's getting, getting ready to go on the mission trip, and that, I'm really proud of her. David kind of sparked a thing on a mission, so I blame him. So if you guys, I'll feel. Well, I, I wanted to be last because I wanted to, I felt like the Lord wanted me to um, do something a little different. Um, what has God called you to do? I'm challenging each and every one. Think about it in your mind. I mean, we're, we're at the Father's house, and we're telling you about what's going on there. But what are you guys doing? What's God called you to do? Who has he put you to do, to minister to, to pull out of the depths of hell? Who's he done for you guys? Who, who are you saving? What are you doing for Christ? If you can't answer that, there's something wrong. Right? And... Uh, I, I, I had to come to this realization. I had a job. I worked. I went to work, come back, went home. Thought I was doing good. We started a youth room. Uh, we started, took over for the youth group, and it ch- totally changed my life. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm not helping nobody. We took over the youth, and uh, it was amazing. I was like, it was more of a challenge for me than I think we challenged the kids. So... I, I'm telling you, what did God do for you? What has God called you to do? Who are you ministering to? And who are you, what are you doing today for Christ? What are you doing today for the kingdom? Uh, there, um, God told me, and we was on the road, and God told me one day, I said, Lord, what am I doing? I'm out here driving all over this United States. And I was like, what am I doing, you know? And the Lord said, you're doing what I told you to do every day. So, guys, get your eyes off of the next to the future like I was. I was always looking to want to be the future. What's he called you today to do? What has he called you today to do? Who are you helping get closer to Christ? Who are you pulling out of the depths of hell? We, we all have that calling. We're all called. We're all ministers supposed to be going out and living for Christ. It's one thing to... Say you're a Christian, it's another thing to live it and to help people pull out of, out of the depths of hell. Right? So I, I, I'm going to just obey the Lord. I, I, I just felt like he said, uh, um, if there's anybody that needs some prayer, uh, Pastor just did an altar call, but if you need some prayer uh, to help find your way and help find what God wants you to do, you know, there's people here who will pray for you. If you need prayer... We're here to pray for you. Anybody need prayer? I mean, 
Be bold. Does anybody need prayer right now? There's anybody? Everybody knows what their calling is supposed to be doing, right? Okay. All right. Just want to make sure we're clear. But I, I have... I have this thing. I love the Lord. I love, and you guys seen, I kind of get lose, lose uh, control sometimes. I, I'm in love with my heavenly Father, right? And He is Christ, and He is the love of my life besides my wife. He's, she's my earthly love, and He's my heavenly love. So, guys, I appreciate it for you guys to let us come up and tell our testimonies and stuff. And we got somebody that needs prayer. See, this is the Lord right here. I knew He told me to do it. She did a double seated. 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 Love it when the Holy Spirit just takes over, don't you? Hallelujah. Amen. Jen, would you like to say something today? <laughs> Come on, Jen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. What a blessing she is. What a blessing she is. Praise God. Just the Lord has changed her life. And now here she is, ordained minister of the gospel. Hallelujah. It's crazy because I never would have seen myself here ever in my life. It's amazing how God has his own plans. (laughs) And we tend to want to go the opposite way which right here, right now, is the opposite word I want to be doing. <laughs> so, but, man, God has literally taken me from the pits of hell. I mean, I've been running the streets majority of my life, the drug addict of every sort. I don't even recognize myself from there to now. It's just total, total transformation, and every day is something new. So God is teaching me who I am in him, and that I am worthy. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. But it's amazing. Every day I just, earlier I was praising him on how much, how honored I am to be able to do this for him after everything he's done for me. So I'm really proud to say that I'm in this spot now. And I've come a long way. So that's where I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Take that, devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So proud of all of these. I'm going to ask all of our candidates for ordination to come up here and stand here. And we're going to uh, move into this part of the service today. So proud of every one of them. We have spent two and a half years together. Just every other Tuesday night, we dig into the Word and then we pray for one another. Y'all come on up, move down this way right here, Jen, right there, right front and center where the camera can, can capture you back there. We are going to have a copy of this ordination service for any of you that would, would like it. So uh, just again, there, you know what really blesses me as an older man? I didn't say old, okay, just a little. <laughs> older man is my kids, these kids. These I call people younger than me my kids, and I, and I love, I guess, that started when I was a youth pastor. I just, I just love young people, and, and they're young. <laughs> so uh, that youth pastor calling is still, is still there, and uh, so proud of them and what, uh, the, just their response to God. Isn't life about how we respond to God? Is it not? Which we can choose not to, and we can live our own life, and we can wind up in prison. We can wind up here. We can wind up there, but all he's asking of us is to acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, and then he can take over our lives and be Lord of our lives, and yet so many people fight it, and some of these, their testimony, some of you, you know, we all have been there, right? But to see them hungry for God, in this world that we're living in, it seems there's less and less younger people that are hungry for God, but they are hungry for God, and there's others out here today that are hungry for more of God in their lives, so we've gone through several books here the last uh, few, few years. We started with the life of Paul. We studied Paul, his uh, life from conversion. How I many you know Paul was a rascal too? He was, uh, he was, yeah, doing everything he could against Christianity. So we started with Paul. We started with the, then we went into the Spirit himself, a book on the Holy Spirit, learning how, learning about the history of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the New Testament, how he's still operating today. 
Then the one that we all <laughs> had a tough time with, it was pretty dry, but it sure helped us. The preparation and delivery of sermons, learning how to take a thought or a scripture and make a sermon out of it. We spent several weeks on that book, uh, several months, I should say. And then we went into Ages and Dispensations, which we just finished uh, just uh, the last session. And then the last one, well, not the last one, but the fifth one is the gift of healing. We're going into that book right now, learning that God still heals people today. Do you believe that? And they will, when, they, when we finish this book, they'll know every scripture from front cover to back cover, amen, of this, the scriptures of, of healing. And then the last one, and it was the book, but the, big, the big book, okay, Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible. And that took a while, didn't it? But man, it's, uh, it's a book that they will always have if they're ever challenged on any of their beliefs. They will be able to give a word and show uh, whoever it is, whether it's a, uh, someone on the street or uh, someone in their congregation, they'll be able to show them scripture and verse. Is it important to know what you believe and to have an answer? Be ready to give an answer. That just rises up in my spirit. So again, just so proud of them. They, uh, they have met and completed all the requirements to be an ordained minister. So I have some questions for y'all today. <laughs> Name the three books in the Bible that list the different gifts within the body of Christ. I'm messing with y'all, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to see them sweat a little bit, you know? Terry knows, I know back there, but in the Romans and 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, amen? But anyway, I just wanted to see, oh, pastor, pastor, you didn't tell us. A little fun, right? Here's, here's your questions. Moved by your love for God, and a sincere desire to proclaim the gospel of salvation among all people, are you now ready to take upon you this holy ministry and faithfully serve in it? All right. Will you tend the flock of Christ committed to your care, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for worldly gain, but that men and women may be made free in Jesus? Will you make faithful effort duly, to administer the ordinance in purity, to preach the word of the everlasting God, to proclaim the gospel of Christ, to lead disciples into the presence of God and his healing spirit, to minister to them the truth of God as contained in the holy scriptures, to guide them in the way of life which is Christ, that they may be found in him and be claimed for service in his kingdom. Do you promise to be diligent in prayer? Oh, man. I really feel a strong witness. Prayer, prayer, prayer. In the reading of the scriptures and in such studies and devotions as will increase your knowledge of God and his kingdom. Will you endeavor in the strength and grace of Jesus Christ our Lord to live a life of sincere discipleship. To be loyal to the call of duty and to faithfully discharge all the work of the ministry entrusted to you. And one more. Do you accept the faith and order of House of Restoration Church and promise to be loyal to this fellowship that it may more and more be a fruitful branch of the church universal and while cherishing brotherly love toward all the faithful followers of Christ everywhere 
do you engage to labor earnestly that the purity, peace, and strength of this, your chosen church, may be increased? All right. I think they said yes every time, didn't they? Praise God. I'm going to ask Terry. He helped me start this. I'm going to ask him to come up, and he's going to pray over you, and then we're going to talk for a moment here about, uh, again, about the laying on of hands, and we're going to give everyone here today a chance to come up and surround them, and we're going to send them out. But Terry's going to pray a special prayer over these candidates today. Amen. Uh, kind of read your scripture before we go into prayer real quick. And, you know, this is a big deal. I know uh, Jeremy and Goldie, y'all are kind of connected with another ministry, but this is an umbrella ministry here, and there's something being released here today, and this mantle will go with you wherever you go. And, of course, you're always going to be loved and prayed for in this house as well. But you'll always be a part of it. And as I pray, I want to keep in mind the two people that came forward today. I want y'all to receive this prayer. This is just a big deal. You came forward today, and this is a call on your life that you're answering. And so this prayer is going to go out to you all as well. And anyone else who may have a call on their life that, that, we, that has not come forward today. But... This is the words of Jesus, and I, I shared these on the last time we sent some people out. But they're so appropriate for today. Jesus told his disciples when he was sending them out, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. It's, it's a mad, 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 crazy world out there. And as I told the other guys, I wish we could say it's all going to be roses but it's a tough road, and you've just made your promises before the Lord. Uh, keep those promises because we're going to need to be in prayer constantly with what's ahead of us today. Jesus is coming soon, and this is the most serious time to be alive. The, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Hallelujah, I feel that. Father God, we lift up these ministers today and those who came forward as well. Thank you for your anointing here today. There's an apostolic anointing here today, sending forth ministers into the harvest. Thank you for calling them. Thank you for giving them the strength to rise up to this call, to meet the call. I ask you, Lord clarify their vision I ask you Lord make it plain to them solidify their understanding of their giftings bring new giftings into this ministry giftings that are going to be needed going forward send forth your anointing fresh today Fresh anointing. We release it as we release these. Fresh anointing. Fresh power. We release. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Terry. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're fixing to lay hands on them as a church family. And pray over them. And I want to say this today. In the New Testament, Testament, the laying on of hands was used as an act of ordination, commission, setting someone apart for 
special ministry. In Acts 6, we read how seven were chosen to manage the daily distribution of food. The need for this ministry arose because there was a conflict between Greek-speaking Jews and Aramaic-speaking Jews in the Jerusalem church concerning the widows and the disbursement of their food. This congregation was instructed to select seven spirit-filled men to handle this problem. Before these men took up this ministry, we read in Acts 6.6, 6, These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them. So by the laying on of hands, these servants were formally consecrated to their new office and ministry. Also, when the church at Antioch was led by the Spirit to set apart Paul and Barnabas for missionary work, it did so by the laying on of hands, Acts 13, 3. Hallelujah. Paul and Barnabas had been engaged in ministry already for some time, but by laying on of hands, the church consecrated these two to the new task of doing pioneer missionary work. In Paul's writings to Timothy, we find two clear references to the laying on of hands. Do not neglect, 1 Timothy 4, 14, the same chapter. Well, no, it's in 1 Timothy. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you through prophecy with the laying on of hands of the church council. Hence, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of hands, 2 Timothy one six. So we know that hands were laid upon him to symbolize his divine equipping and consecration to the work. This is a formal, symbolic action by which the community of faith recognizes that a person has received a call from God to do the work of the ministry. I want us to come today, and we are going to commission them. We're going to uh, set them apart for the work that God has called them to. If you all would just step out a little bit towards the middle there, a couple of feet where we can get in behind you.
Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to get those three to come up here now and stand right up here, back up against the drums as far as you can go. Praise the Lord. One more thing. Are y'all ready? Hallelujah. Y'all stand right over there. And uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Get Bev to come up if she's here. Hallelujah. All right. Sorry about that. Praise God. We have a special gift for these that are here today, just to let them know that uh, they are certified, they are active, they're ready, ready to be released. I noticed in the scripture I read that some of them were already doing things. These all three have already been doing things in the ministry, but now this is the big day when we make it official. And uh, just, again, so, so proud of you all. Praise God. I'm going to ask John to walk over and give them their certificates. This is a certificate of (laughs) ordination from House of Restoration Church here in Yukon, Oklahoma. We send you out into the world. The world is your mission field. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand together for this special, special time. John, if you will... Give them their certificates. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, John. John is a big important part of this class too. He has stayed on even after he graduated and helped has helped me teach the class. So very thankful for John. His heart for God. And uh, again, now, we also have asked them what kind of Bible they would like. We've spent nearly $100 on these Bibles. I want them to have something good, amen? Leather, and uh, they, boy, they still smell good even. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's, here's what it's going to look like in, in 50 duct tape and, uh, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. But now it's fresh and ready just for you. So Terry's going to present you with your... Bibles. Your swords. I like that. Amen.
band is not here, so <laughs> I guess I'll just go solo. It's not quite the same, but we will uh, we'll do what we can. The Lord put this song, I want to say I started writing, writing it in about 2017, and it's just been developing, and um, we actually introduced it a couple of weeks ago, but it, you know how, like, Sometimes things just happen, and then there's a certain time when, when God says, like, now. Now is the time. And so it, it was time, and so we've released the song. And so as we sing this today, um, this is just my, my heartfelt prayer that the kingdom of God would advance. Amen. <clears throat> as a dove, I'll go out and speak your truth in love. Wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, I'll go out and speak your truth in love. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your will be done on earth. Amen. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your will be done on earth. Amen. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your will be done on earth. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your will be done on earth. Amen. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your will be done on earth. Amen. Oh, let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your kingdom advance. Let your will be done on earth. Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. A timely song for such an occasion. Amen. Praise God. Man, God bless you all. God bless you. Man, it's just been a great, great day, hasn't it? 
Amen. Shake somebody's hand and uh, thanks. Yes, love everybody. <laughs>